Welcome to Grayson 30 on WERALP Arlington 96.7 FM. This is Ed Mellick, and I'm joined by my co-host, Sal Dietry. Sal, what's shaking tonight? Ed, I'm excited about tonight's guest, Sharon Hoover, who is Director of Missions at Centerville Presbyterian Church in Centerville, Virginia. Uh, Sharon's got a mission to connect the church with the community, to look for partners both locally and internationally. Tonight, she's here to talk about this incredible, and listen up, folks, a mission that she's created with Fairfax County Public Schools. Imagine that, churches and schools working together to better educate our children. Sharon's also a member of the Red Bud Writers Guild, a group of women authors who help build community, influence faith and culture worldwide. Sharon, welcome to Grace in 30. Hi, it's so great to be here. Thank you for having me. This is wonderful. You all at Centerville uh, uh, Presbyterian were the first church uh, in Fairfax County to establish an official partnership with the public schools. Y- y- you know, it sounds almost unbelievable and, and yet so wonderful. How did this all come about? Well, we moved from a rented space into our new church building a little over 10 years ago, so it was about 2005, and we wanted to connect with the schools that were in our new permanent home location. Now, why why the focus on schools? There's so many things that... that uh, church missions are doing, feeding the poor, et cetera. Why did you all and how did you all jump in to help at the public school level? So true. Well, children are important to our church family. We have adoptive parents, foster parents, and a passion for orphan care around the world. So it was actually a natural step for us to then reach out to the local schools. I mean, we find that Scripture repeatedly calls us to care for the needs of others, especially those who are vulnerable, and and children are among the most vulnerable among us. I think the first school you were involved with was Westfield High School, correct? Yes, yes. And that's on your hood, isn't it? It was in my previous hood. (laughs) (laughs) Sal always jokes that that's way out in the mountains. Ah, That's right. But uh, yeah, my daughter went there mm. and, um, and loved it, actually, the school. You got started working with them back in, I think, 2006, correct? We did, yes. Tell us how that came about. Well, actually, one of our parents at the, at the church had a student at Westfield, and she suggested we reach out to one of the principals there. And so I called and met with then Vice President Dave Jagels. He's currently the principal at Centerville High School. Uh, but being in the community now, we wanted to connect and wanted to see how we could come alongside the school. So I sat with them and asked them, I said, what do you need? So after a, a multiple conversations along those lines, we decided to move forward in being able to partner with one another. And it was actually Dave who suggested that we form an official business partnership. And so we went through the steps within the county in order for that to happen. And um, among all of those things, for example, were, were some of the different needs that, that Westfield had. One of them was they were doing a mentoring program with at-risk teens. And so being a church, we had individuals who had um, time as well as the ability and the skills to be able to come alongside students. And so we ended up having about 10 or so adults who came alongside that mentoring program. We did that for a couple of years. Another time, there was um, their individual needs that happened, like a family's home tragically burned. And so we got the word out to our church congregation and they were able to donate some things. We've also provided gift cards to counselors to be able to give out um, with need. And then 10 years ago, 
um, after we had established this relationship, there was um, the the awful uh, shooting at Virginia Tech, and there were two Westfield students who died in that shooting. And um, we, uh, the, the school reached out to us and asked if we would be able to have a vigil, a prayer vigil for students and families and community members that they could just come in. So we opened up the building in the evening and, and it was a resource in the community that we were able to offer. Oh, that's a wonderful, wonderful story. And you know, you bring up such a good point about uh, how churches can be involved in just their, their pure mission without evangelizing mm-hmm. or, or necessarily getting through sermons or the gospel, but it's that's through the basic acts that we're all called to do as believers in God, and I can tell you, as um, as someone who's been roped in to be the PTA president at, at a large <laughs> middle school here in Arlington, those gift cards, that caring for families in need during the holidays mm. is a huge thing, and it's something we often overlook, even here in, in prosperous Arlington County, is that we have people here who, you know, are outside the school system for large parts of you know for parts of the year where it's the community yes. that really steps in and helps. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, your story reminds me of uh, there was a tragedy while my daughter was in school where um, a gentleman took his son's lives and his wife and then killed himself in Herndon, mm-hmm. and the two boys attended Westfield High School. And uh, boy, when my daughter uh, pulled up at school that morning to be dropped off, there were hundreds of students just surrounding mm-hmm. you know the school practically yes. and, and praying and holding hands. And mm-hmm. I was like, wow, that's really cool. You know, I, I, I wonder if there's any connection between what you had done that one mm-hmm. time and sort of opening up the gates to to feeling free to do something mm-hmm. like that mm-hmm. in the face of uh, that kind of a tragedy. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm curious about the business partnership. What's mm-hmm. what, does that help in some sense to set up that formality that make it easier for you to 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 get involved and make an impact at these schools? the The purpose of the business partnership allows uh, the um, the opportunity for the partner themselves to then be able to, for example, use the facilities if we need them occasionally to be able to request that use, um, be able to request that space. And that's only happened a couple of times. It's not a, um, and we've pursued looking at opportunities to be able to do things there on the different school campuses. But um, the other part of being willing to go through the process of a business partnership is being able um, to demonstrate to the community that we're there in a partnership perspective and that we're not there trying to slip in you know, in the back door as, uh, I had to say, religious fanatics, but just the school wants to make sure that everybody knows, and we want to make sure everybody knows, and that this relationship that we have is something that we truly do want to be public. Yeah, these are acts of grace. This yes. is, exa- you know, like many of our guests week after week, these are people who are called to actually do things that we read about on Sundays, mm-hmm. and you're no different than that. Um, look, I also want to give a shout out because I know uh, we do want to get around to talking about the Red Bud Writers Guild, but uh, Whitney Simpson, who's a member, says, Sharon is great. Uh, <laughs> blessings on your time together. Uh, so we'll probably be getting a bunch of tweets and giving some shout outs awesome. during the show. Tell us about uh, uh, Loudontown Elementary. This is a Title I school. Mm-hmm. And again, if I would say the least of these is mm-hmm. someone that you stepped up to help. And, you know, look, there are the least of these all through Northern Virginia. Tell us a bit about what you're doing at, at Loudontown Elementary. Well, after we were in partnership with Westfield for a while, 
um, Dave Jagels invited me to participate in network meetings with the schools that are in the Westfield Pyramid. And London Town is one of them. And so their counselors were a part of those meetings. And during those meetings, I learned more about the needs, the special needs that exist within a Title I school. We ultimately ended up with a partnership with them around 2012. Yeah, and it just, you know, there's so much that must be done by the community. You know, people look at the PTA, the organization. Mm -hmm. Ultimately, it comes down to these communities and the people who can reach into them. Um, You know, this is something where, you know, you look at things like you can help out with the PTA, fun fests, things like that, weekend food programs, maybe, uh, you know, providing some pantry food during the breaks. I mean, all of this is really critical uh, to building that community and maintaining it. Yeah, you told us... cute story about a, a young man who uh, one of your mentors was working with and then and then she bumped into him in a grocery store sometime later tell us that story yeah that was actually me as we were chatting oh. <laughs> yeah um, so on Tuesday mornings we go and do um, mentoring with math and uh, second grade math so even I can do second grade math so addition subtraction um, little little tricky when we get into fractions but I make my way through that and counting money and and so we spend time with the same children throughout the course of the year and um, I think we've been doing it probably four or five years now but one of the very first young men little second graders that I was mentoring Um, came up to me in the grocery store a few months ago and tapped me on the arm and I turned around and he must have been a foot taller but he had the same great beautiful smile and it was so wonderful to see him but he wanted me to come over and meet his mom and meet his sister and um, so it was very fun to chat briefly with them and to hear her express her appreciation for that time and as I chatted with him, I say, "You're still doing math, and math is important." And it, it was it was a great connection to make. And you bring up such a good point because you know everyone is just almost so grumpy at, right now in this country at knife <laughs> at the knife's edge over the the smallest thing here in Arlington. We're fighting over parks and this and that and the other, and yet these simple things add value to our daily mm-hmm. lives. We, you know, often people are saying, "Oh, I don't like my job. I don't like this. I I feel you know downtrodden." But yet these simple acts of visiting a neighbor, helping a friend, yes. being involved add such value to our lives and enrich the lives mm-hmm. of other people. Uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, Mountain View Alternative High School and how you got uh, working with them. It was, to me, it was kind of a good sign that, that you know, you were introduced by people who had experience with you. So you must mm-hmm. have been making an impact with Westfield and the other schools. Talk about that a little bit. Well, moving along um, with still within our community, there is a um, an alternative high school and it's called Mountain View High School. And um, it's it's a school of second chances. It's for students who don't thrive in the massive two to three thousand student high schools that we have. They're individuals who may have language as a uh, or English as a second language challenges that they're struggling with, or pregnant and parenting teens. But this is a wonderful community. But they have unique needs to the larger public schools. So they don't have a PTA, for example. They don't have a lot of extra activities. Many of the students have full-time jobs. So Dave Jagels had moved over to be principal there at that time, and so we continued the conversation with him. We had built a level of trust with them, and so we started that conversation there as well. And um, it was about three years ago or so we stepped into an official business partnership with Mountain View. 
You, you talk about Dave Jagels, and he just seems to me to be someone who just understands the basic fundamentals mm-hmm. that schools are part of communities, and mm-hmm. communities and schools go go hand in hand. And you saw so much of this growing up that it just seems almost lost today in the hustle and bustle. Yes. It, you know, you've had phenomenal success across these many levels out in Fairfax County, but are the doors really uh, open for this kind of engagement with public schools? It's clear it's needed. Uh, it's clear there's a need for this as, as we see so much things going on in our public schools, everything from, you know, screenagers to, you mm-hmm. know, all these things mm-hmm. that the kids are bombarded with, this idea of community and and people getting involved through their church is just a natural synergy. But, you know, it just seems like there's so much criticism of this type of effort nationwide. Tell us a little bit about, you know, are doors really open uh, for this kind of activity? That's a really great question. I I, I would say not always. We it, It's been a long road to try to build that relationship with the schools. But I firmly believe that if the church is genuine about responding to the needs within the school, volunteers will likely be welcomed. The church, however, needs to be listening to the needs of the staff at the schools that are there and not come in with an agenda themselves. One of the things that we, I have, and and our church has been attentive to are, are what are the needs, what are the goals, what are the strategic uh, vision statements that the school systems have. So the mission statement currently for Fairfax County Schools is to inspire and, and empower students to meet high academic standards, lead healthy, ethical lives, and be responsible and innovative global st- citizens. So as a business partner, I want to be attentive to that. So the church, for example, we can offer opportunities to encourage responsible community service as well as to support the families in need. We can assist schools so that those students can feel supported and they can be cared for by other adults in the community. Um, and, and one other thing is, is really spending time within your church finding out how can we come forward to meet the goals. Okay, so a very specific need, for example, I'll look at Mountain View, is um, we uh, do a scholarship for Mountain View graduates, and it is a direct result of our conversation with the school with their desire to encourage more community service and global citizenship within their students. And so together we developed this idea of a scholarship that will help support this goal that the school had. And this is interesting because, you know, we see groups here in Arlington like Team Kids that's a phenomenal organization. They've been on our show from California Mm -hmm. who, you know, are trying to make grassroots efforts. But they're doing that, I think, you know, would benefit from partnering with you know, what, I, what I would call institutions in the community, mm-hmm. the places where you're going to find those reliable volunteers and people to go into these areas. Yes. Yeah, I wanted to just make a note of the word listen. This word comes up over and over with our guests. We're, we're not accustomed to listening in the U.S. Everyone's got their <laughs> transmitter on full bore and, and not listening to what other people say. And you really hit it on the head going in and listening to people, mm-hmm. hearing what their needs are. And then humbly going about just serving and helping people make their day better. I mean, yes. you know, do unto others. Uh, so, so I was really glad to hear that. And I used to go to a Reston Bible Church, mm-hmm. uh, which moved from Reston to Sterling. They did the same thing with an elementary school called Guilford, which mm. uh, there are a lot of people have subsidized meals there. I mean, a tremendous amount of the population. 
And they just went to the school and they said, we, we're not a Trojan horse or anything. We're just trying to yes. come in here and extend love. We're trying to honor the greatest commandment, you know, to which is to love your neighbors yourself. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it, over a period of months and years, they earned their trust. And now they're you know, really an integral part of what's happening at the school. And they just serve in all these similar ways that you're doing at these different schools that you're working at. Have mm-hmm. any other churches reached out to you all? Because you just have this very successful model and, and asked for your advice. If not, would you, you know, I'd like you to share a little bit of um, thoughts for churches mm-hmm. here in the Arlington area or in Northern Virginia, you know, even nationally who want to get involved in their schools uh, and make a difference. T- take a few minutes and, and, you know, give our guests, our listeners some, some advice. Well, I would suggest that as a church moves, starts to move forward, my very first comment would be to be patient because it takes a long time. I feel like um, maybe the church hasn't always been patient, and so there is uh, suspect motivations that others have of us. But the sixth chapter of Galatians reminds us to not lose heart in doing good. For in due time, Paul writes, he says, we will reap if we do not grow weary. So then look for those opportunities, and we can indeed do good. So I'd say first and foremost, be patient. And, And you be patient by building trust in the little things, Um, like a one-time event, providing food, for example, for the science fair, by um, purchasing lice kits for the school nurse. I had no idea. These are very expensive, and elementary schools really do need these. Um, So those kinds of little needs, and then you have an opportunity to move forward. But then I would really encourage and um, a, a dialogue, a conversation with the administration of the school. You would sit down with principals or vice principals, getting the school counselors involved to be able to hear what the needs are, but then also working out guidelines, which we worked through when we did the business partnership with Fairfax County. We, had, we were very clear about expectations on both sides, and one of them is we, uh, as a church, uh, committed to not proselytizing. So it doesn't mean that you can't respond to questions about who you are and why you were there. We absolutely do that. Uh, But we don't go in with our Bible open to be able to talk. But interestingly, opportunities just arise after you build friendships and relationships with people because they ask you to pray for them. So you go in with your heart open and not your Bible open, and it just just happens naturally. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that seems to be uh, naturally what happens uh, when when we get involved with people, just getting to know them, mm-hmm. and and then they're more apt to listen to this because we've made an impact. We've served them, we've loved them, we've yes. we've, we've treated them with kindness or forgiveness when they haven't deserved it. I mean, it sounds like grace, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, it almost sounds like that was your call to action, sort of the advice for churches, mm. you know, for, for what to do. So I, I appreciate that mm-hmm. uh, summary. Tell us, you know, our listeners in general, because look, you all, t- just to take this on, I think, you know, was was more than a leap of faith. I mean, you really had to say, look, we we know the current system. We know the current environment. We know in our hearts this is the right thing to do. We're going to push ahead. Give a call to action to to all of our listeners who are looking to get involved in something. Explore their higher purpose. We always ask our guests, you know, if you're sitting on the couch, if you've maybe tried to volunteer in the past, you've tried something, it hasn't worked, maybe you've sunken back down into that sofa seat, you know, get up and get out and try a few things. 
try something that you find is your calling mm-hmm, and go mm-hmm. all in. Can you give some examples or some thoughts to, to folks to, you know, in, here in the millennial capital of uh, the world here in Arlington County? Well, there are so many different ways that we can, in, can be involved, and everybody has a different calling, that's for sure. Uh, but if, if you aren't doing anything right now, there's a local school near everyone. There's an elementary school within a few miles of everyone's home. And being able to just pick up the phone and call the office and, and genuinely say, what do you have any specific needs right now? And, and, and they'll probably be flabbergasted that you're even calling. But um, okay, so we're coming into the springtime. A lot of schools right now give books to the children as they leave, for example, for summer. So what if you did a book drive in your neighborhood and you take books, gently used books, not falling apart books, um, new books, and be able to take them, and then the reading specialist at the school will then be able to distribute them. There, or, or gift cards. We already said that. Gift cards for the counselors, would they, they would be so appreciative of that. And just general gift cards, small denominations, so that the counselors can give them out as needed. And you know, last week's guest on on uh, was Sebastian Wilburn, who was from uh, Centerville. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, again talked about uh, his passion for gardening and for uh, eating healthy food yes. and a good life, and uh, how that has really helped him provide an outlet for ministry mm-hmm. in many ways. And that's right. something you might not equate with, but. There's lots of ways to do that, to sort of fo- follow your passion and find ways to help sure. people. And a lot of it is just sharing the good news. Like we wouldn't be mm-hmm. here today uh, if it wasn't for our uh, mutual good friend, Dr. Todd Martin, who you yes. know, just said, hey, you know, um, <laughs> why don't you uh, talk to the good folks at uh, Centerville Presbyterian hey, and, um, and see what happens and, and look what's happened from there. Um, th- this is great. I, you know, with all the things of church and state and, and all the things that we're going through, you all find that, you know, like many people who are called to their higher purpose, you just don't let things stop you from succeeding. Mm-hmm. You know, you hit a roadblock, you hit a question mark, you just just push forward on this. So, And also sounds like another call would be to encourage churches to reach out to schools. Yes. To just simply do this, you know, to go on over and stop and talk to the, the principal and the administration and just say, hey, we just want to come over and serve. Mm-hmm. Uh, is, is, is that certainly a call you'd like to issue? Oh, absolutely. I think that's very important to be able to do. Now, for a church, too, I mean, your, your church leadership needs to be involved in this, too, because a church is stepping out in their own way. That's a whole nother show, but that's all interesting. <laughs> that's <it. laughs> now, we have some time left, and, and I uh, purposely wanted to leave some time to switch gears a little bit and uh, talk about the Red Bud Writers Guild mm, because mm-hmm. you're a member of the Red Bud Writers Guild, as I came to find out. <laughs> uh, this is a group of Christian women authors, bloggers, you know, who are really looking to shape culture and yes. community um, through their works and, and through a lot of their publications. Mm-hmm. Um, tell us a little bit about Red Bud Writers Guild and then, uh, you know, how you got involved in it. What's, what's cool about it? The, our Writers Guild seeks truly to, com- to create a community to influence culture and to influence faith through writing and speaking. And um, the community is all across, it's global, but it's primarily North America between Canada and US. And we really do encourage and push one another to find your voice and be able to make an impact in the world. And you've had a book out, Soul Motive to Pray, Mm -hmm. uh, lessons for sort of the introspective um, pursuit of faith, how one sort of looks within yourself Mm -hmm. Uh, to find your faith. Tell us a bit about your about your book and um, you know the journey that you took in writing that. 
Well, um, so many of us want to be able to take time to just focus on God and to um, turn our hearts to Him, and yet there are so many distractions to us. And so this soul motive to pray is kind of a workbook style that you would use on your own personal retreat. So it would be, uh, I encourage everybody to choose a time and a place that you'd be able to separate yourself and then um, be able to just study and read. You can use my uh, workbook, Soul Motive to Pray, or something else, but just gather all your resources and truly turn everything off, unplug, and just spend time worshiping personally and seeking the Lord. And it sounds like really seeking what your higher calling and purpose is, correct? Mm, absolutely, it, listening. It, it just <laughs> seems like a fundamental cornerstone is just mm-hmm. a, we don't think about these things. When mm-hmm. I was young, no one sat me down and said, hey, if you had 20 million in the bank tomorrow, what would you do? Yes. What would you spend your time doing? Because mm-hmm. that indicates what's been placed in us, what, what gifting we've been given, mm-hmm. what desires. And that determines success and impact and everything else. It, mm-hmm. it flows from that. So I thought it was kind of cool that you had this this concept ah. of, a, of a, a private sort of personal retreat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think you know this this is something uh, you know I just finished uh, a month of following some of the writings of uh, Matthew Kelly, who's one of my favorite yes. authors, and he talks about because he's a motivational coach. Mm-hmm. This is a lot of professional athletes, a lot of CEOs who are his clients, and he says you know you would never you know succeed without laying out a plan mm. and yet people mm. have no plan to pray you know yep. it's that fundamental that no we don't set any weekly plan even to say you know tonight at nine o'clock i'm going to stop and you know pray and 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 ed knows i'm the worst at this <laughs> because he has been trying to get me to, to uh, a nine o'clock tuesday call and you know my phone's always ringing I'm like oh, well, you've no, got three I'm, kids i forgot <laughs> you know but um you know, and, and kudos for him for for uh, for pulling me in. But you know, I think maybe that's another thing you're saying is that because our lives have become so busy, we have to manage this. And yes. if we don't manage to succeed, we'll simply fail. Um, tell me a little bit about the vibe of Redbud writers. There's such a diversity of writers oh, there. Oh my it's goodness! Such a positive vibe. Tell, tell me about some of the other writers in a minute or two, or just the vibe of what's going on there because it's. It's pretty cool. It's kind of funky. It's kind of cool. It is a very wide range of people, politically, far left, far right, everybody in between. But it is a truly a non-competitive environment where there is support. And um, we write on a wide range of things, some on faith development, some on human trafficking, some on racial reconciliation, some on women in leadership. And it's I learn so much from all the other women who were within this group. And um, I we, we try to get together once a year-ish in a retreat-type setting. However, it's mostly an online community, shockingly. Yeah. We really are able to connect with one another. And regionally, we do try to see each other face-to-face, but it's, it's primarily online supporting one another. And it sounds like you're trying to get to know people who are different from you. Yes. To cross the line, in a yes. sense, and to get to know people that are different, which is community, it's really, really mm-hmm. key. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got a minute, a little more maybe, if the spirit moves you. Is there any final thing you'd like to, to really add or share with the listeners that you, you sort of say, hey, I want to make sure I say the following bef- you know, when, before I get off the air? Uh, I, it's been a pleasure to be here. I'm excited to be here. I um, can tell you a little bit about a latest project that I'm working on right now. I'm um, writing a book called Compass to Serve, and it's kind of come out of the conversation that we're having right now, but also other conversations I've had regarding missions within our own church community. The purpose of the book is a systematic way to walk through a wide range of issues to help truly discover 
your most natural place to serve. So, for example, the book explores about seven different topics, such as this conversation we're having right now, the local global tension that we have in missions. So is your heart passionate about immediate neighbors and local community like the local school? Or are you passionate about people in isolated villages in the far corners of the planet? There's value and biblical support at both ends of this continuum. Amen. Yeah, this is great. Sharon, thank you so much uh, for joining us. Uh, this this has been great. We'd love to have you back on, and, and even some mm-hmm. of your folks at uh, Redbud Writers Guild, we'd welcome sure. them to join us. Uh, if listeners want to find out more about Centerville Presbyterian Church, and it sounds like you should. It sounds like it's a pretty happening place. We, we know they've got a great garden, that's oh, yeah. for sure. You can visit their website at www.centerville, that's C-E-N-T-R-E-Ville-Pres.com. Uh, to join a conversation with Sharon, visit her website at SharonHoover.com or follow her on Twitter at Sharon R. Hoover. Um, a replay of this show can be found at the Grayson30.com website and WERA.FM websites 24 hours after tonight. The show will also re-air on WERA this Sunday morning at 8.30 a.m. Ed, talk us out of here, man. This is Ed and Sal signing off from Grayson30 on WERALP, Arlington 96.7 FM. Have a great night, and be sure to tune into Grace. 